So while you certainly can go back to that mall that's 45 minutes away and return them, you have sunk a lot of time driving to the mall, making the purchase, trying them on, driving home, taking off the tags, and so on. And going all the way back to the mall requires an additional investment, an investment that might persuade you to live with the new jeans after all, and also probably using the help of confirmation bias. So even if you do convince yourself to return them, you're never going to recoup all that energy and time. So basically, the more money, time, and effort you put into something, or the more you invest in something, the more binded you are to that investment. And the greater the emotional, financial, and time investment, the more binded we become, even if it's the worst investment ever. This bias in itself has brought down some massive companies and projects. For example, I'm sure you've heard of the Concorde plane, which was jointly funded by the British and French governments. It was an incredibly impressive but incredibly costly achievement. And over time, it increasingly became apparent that the Concorde was never going to achieve a return on the huge cost the two governments had sunk into it. So what did they do? Well, they sank even more money into it. Just kept on spending and spending and spending and not making the money back. So eventually, eventually they got it and pulled the plug. But this is something that has brought companies down and projects down when we just keep on investing over and over. What are some ways that managers can help their people to cope more effectively with change? It's a tough one, but an imperative one. And I'm not just saying this because I'm a shrink by training, but the first step is really to understand how the mind works and how our psychology can play funky tricks on us when it comes to change. I mean, being aware of all the different biases that happen when we're facing change, like sunk cost bias, status quo bias, loss aversion, the endowment effect, and these are just to name a few, is really imperative. It's also important to understand how simple exhaustion can play a huge role in our resistance to change, or even how a proposition of change is framed. I'm a firm believer in the fact that once you understand this information and buy into it, you absolutely need to teach it, because self-awareness is one of the most powerful weapons against resistance and bad decisions. So in short, I know that's a kind of simple answer. You can't shove change down people's throats and expect them just to oblige because I told you so. You can, but it won't work in the long run. I mean, change in itself triggers our flight-fight response, which is way more powerful than your do-it-because-I-said-so. And although people will follow the do-as-I-say out of fear and compliance, that is a sure way to disengage and create an us-versus-them culture or experience and also ultimately create underperformance. Bottom line is change requires buy-in, and buy-in requires a solid why and a transfer or sharing of ownership. So in challenging this fight-flight response to change and the biases that keep us stuck in the mud, it's really helpful if you can include people in the process, even if you don't want to include people in the process, but include them in the process from the beginning, gain buy-in through influence, and help people understand how it will help them over hurt them. And the other really important thing, and I know this is kind of annoying to think about in the workplace, but when you're changing or you're adding something,